Hello, and welcome to episode 9 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we explore different aspects of the Disney empire, parks, the cruises, resorts, food, entertainment, and anything else that we feel is worthy of talking about. So tonight, let me introduce you to some of our co-hosts. Tonight, we have Crystal. Hey, you all. And Jessica. Hello. And Milford. Hello. And Adrian. Hi, guys. And Mel is currently on vacation with her family somewhere. I am RJ. So tonight we got a few topics we're going to discuss. As everybody probably knows now, the Frozen Ever After attraction has opened up in the Norway Pavilion in Epcot to a big buzz Mostly good from what I'm hearing. There's always people that are going to complain about stuff, but that's not what we're about. So we'll leave that to any negative stuff you can find. You can find it if you're looking for it, but I see no reason for it. So we're staying away from it. So we'll discuss that. None of our explorers have experienced it yet, but a few are going to be soon. So when that happens, we'll definitely give you our opinions on the actual attraction and what we thought of it. There's some other things that came along with it, being the Royal Summer House meet and greet with Anna and Elsa. They're no longer at the Magic Kingdom. They are now in their permanent home over in the Norway Pavilion. There's been some food items and dessert items that they've rolled out in conjunction with this, which we'll, uh, we'll touch on. So I think we're gonna we'll start with that. So what's everybody's first impressions been of the attraction? I know. Nobody's gone and seen it. Has anybody watched any videos of it? Has Are we staying spoiler-free? Uh, I know for myself, I did see a little clip of it. Uh, I did not have the sound on, but I did watch some of the video of it, and it looks it looks good. It looks like they, they did a good job, and, and it's not just a thrown-together thing over the old Maelstrom. It doesn't seem like an overlay to me. It seems like it's been a new attraction on the same ride system. But the set scenes that I did see, there's nothing that I can that I can see that just looks like it was just painted over or just a backdrop hung over. It seems like it's a whole new thing, which eased my mind and got me a little more excited to go and check it out. Definitely, because I, I can I can admit when they first announced it, I was one of the naysayers and one of those old school guys were, ah, leave Epcot alone. Stop changing it. You're ruining everything, you know. But I, I could say over time, that's that's gone away and I'm actually excited to see the new to see it and experience it because it seems like it's they did a really really good job and the technology that they've that they took from the seven doors mind train with the animatronics I think they're they're getting better at that and perfecting that and that's if they can do that then all the better because those those animatronics in there are pretty fantastic so just curious uh, what, do, what do all of you guys think so far well that was the first thing I was going to mention is this technology is still fairly new right yes Okay, because I haven't, I am the one trying to stay spoiler free, but I have seen stills and pictures and it does look 
amazing. And I think I'm with you. I was one of those that was worried about it being just an overlay. Um, so I'm glad to see that it's more intricate than that. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see it myself. I'll, you know, I'll be in Disney in about a week and a half, but I'm not going on that trip mainly because I think my five-year-old will shoot me if I go without her. <laughs> um, so I'm saving that for the next time when she comes with us, but I'm, I'm really excited to see it. I am just to kind of see the, the technology aspect of it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've heard, um, you know, you can still get about 16 people per boat, but they did go in and actually extend out the track. So the ride is an additional minute and a half or so. So I don't think okay. it's exactly the same track. They right. they expanded it out. But the wait times have been excruciating from what oh I've seen gosh. online. You know, getting up to five hours is pretty incredible. I know they were handing out Mickey ice cream bars for some of the, the folks in line, but that is a serious investment of time. Yeah, the those first couple of days, it was rough. I know. Yeah, they had a lot of breakdowns, and I think, I think they handled it as well as it could. Yeah, they were handing out Mickey bars. I believe there were cast members with either holding umbrellas or they finally, you know, put the in-ground ones like they do for the parade stakes and had umbrellas to shade people because, of course, you know, the lines were brutal. I mean, uh, the weather was brutal. Excuse me as well. So. You know, and there's not it's not covered. I mean, lines were lines were wrapping around almost to China. I'd heard <laughs> literally China. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I can't imagine being that dedicated to stand in line for that long. I just whew, that's that's dedication right there. This is yeah. a must have fast pass for me. <laughs> yes. No five hours when you could no. kind of breeze through there with a the fast pass. I, it's a must do. Right. I, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Nope, I was going to say, but doesn't that just say so much about how frozen fever is still out and about? Like, because that I remember the last time I remember this kind of wait time was when Anna and Elsa's meet and greet opened. Yep. And that was years ago. So it just it just kind of amazes me that that it's still going. <laughs> when did that movie come out? 2012, like, 13, 2013, 2013. Around, like, Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and they were in the parks not too long after that. And, yeah, it was nuts. I mean, we – because we were down there that year, not for Thanksgiving, but maybe – and we ended – we got fast passes, and I remember getting them, and it was, like, for 10 o'clock at night, and I gave my kids the options. I was like, if you guys want to go there and hang out that late, fine. I said, if not, it's too bad. We're going anyway because I want to see princesses. <laughs> So, I mean, we got lucky enough and we saw them on that first run. But even the, you know, even with the fast pass, you were still waiting a good half hour, 45 minutes, which I have a ridiculous amount of patience. I don't know where I got it from, but I have it. So I don't mind waiting in line. And at that point of the night when you're standing inside and it's cool and you're not, kids are so shot, they're not running around. So it was kind of okay. But I tell you, it, it, from what I've seen, the ride has taken all the pressure off of that. That's, I mean, it's not a walk up, but I don't think lines have been much more than 25 to a half hour to meet them. No, I haven't seen the busiest I think I've ever seen it was maybe 45 minutes. So that's what I've been most impressed with in this kind of Norway revamp almost that, that Disney has without a fast pass, for Anna and Elsa meet and greets that they've been able to manage right. those lines so well. 
well, they're not the new kids in town anymore either. You know, it's true. But when they were in Magic Kingdom, just what, like a month ago, a month or two ago, their their lines were still 45 minutes to 60 minutes long at least. Right. Wow. So, there, there's a little bit of a trick to that, too. Yeah, I know. But I didn't want to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we now we must do tell. <gasps> Well, I don't want to ruin it. Did I open the door and I need to go in now? I believe so. We are explorers now, so... So the rumor is is that there's eight rooms. So they actually have eight pairs of people playing Anna and Elsa. I don't know if if that's true yet because my cast member that I communicate with has been out the last couple weeks. So I've been trying to find that out, but he's not been around, so... That would make sense. But if yeah. they've got eight sets, you're going to run a lot of people through there really Oh, quick. absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of running people through, I, that was the other, I guess, which also didn't help with the wait times for the ride. It's not a high-capacity ride. Like Crystal said, it's 16 people in a boat, but it's not a uh, – it's not an omni mover. So you're still st- – it's like, you know, like small world. You're still stopping. People got to get in. People have to get out. So there's a little bit of a lax time in between, which – to me, is fine. I mean, some of those Omni movers, I feel like over the years, either they've sped them up or because I'm older, it feels like they're going. For, I don't know. I swear, because I feel every time I get on the Haunted Mansion, I'm like, I blinked my eyes and I'm at the end. I'm in the attic already. I'm like, what yeah. the hell happened? Here? It's like, did they dial these things asleep? up? It's like, did they dial these things? Cause I remember as a kid, I seemed like I was in there for a half hour. I mean, maybe that's just yeah. because you were a kid. But I, I, you know, I swear they've turned the speed up on some of these things. <laughs> I guess I'm anxious to see what they left in the ride. Because, you know, they always leave some trinket behind Yeah. in the ride. So, like, at Winnie the Pooh, if you look behind the door, there's Mr. Or, uh, Mr. Toad handing Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, or somebody, the uh, deed to the ride. So Yeah, I think he's handing Pooh the deed to the ride. Yep, yeah. you're exactly right. Yep. So they always leave some little trinket behind from the previous ride. So. Yeah. I'm sure they're interesting to see what's there. Yep. Maybe it's the gigantic gnome at the top of the. <laughs> at the top of the at hill. At the top yeah. of the hill. If the hill's still there, I don't know. I believe it is. I believe the lift hill is still there. So you still go up it backwards and. Um, come back yeah, down. It I forwards. think you slide. Yeah, I think well, you slide backwards as he's as she sings "Let It Go," and then there's and then there's a drop when the snow monster comes out marshmallow or what i don't remember the name of it from the yeah, movie, but yeah the scary uh, yeah marshmallow guy yeah you know and with the lines being long i think one of the cool things about it is i hear that the um the queue goes through oaken's trading post and it's pretty cool queue where you can kind of hear and see the sauna going and you hear him whistle like yoo-hoo <laughs> throughout the queue. So I, I, from what I understand, even though you have to wait there, I, I've heard it's a pretty interesting queue to check out. I've heard that as well. And I've also heard that the architecture is phenomenal. Like the exterior, how they, because obviously the waterfall is gone that used to, you know, when Maelstrom was there, you would see the, you know, when the thing was getting ready to turn to go down the hill, You'd see yeah. the back of the boat sticking out of the thing. I guess that's that's all been closed up. I mean, those pictures have been out for whatever, like a week before the thing opened. People were going nuts over that on the old Diz Twitter. But I guess the architecture is supposed to be spot on. Like it's, and I've heard, listened to a couple podcasts of people who have wrote it and been down there, and the consensus was, and I this actually made me very happy because 
this is what I'm glad they went that direction. And I, I think Disney kind of listened and knew how to handle this without just throwing a ride together, you know, as a moneymaker. I believe they did a good job with incorporating. They didn't bring Norway. They didn't bring Frozen to Epcot. What they did was they incorporated Frozen into the culture of Norway. So it's not that everybody thought that it was going that the whole pavilion was going to turn into Arendelle, and that is absolutely one hundred percent not the case. It's still the Norway pavilion. What they did was it's it's kind of like Norway featuring Frozen was the best way I heard it described. And I was very glad to hear that, that the authenticity is still there. And it's not just picking up a cart. So you're still getting the culture, but you're getting an animated feature and characters and a property that people are familiar with and that love to all levels of everything in it. So there's the best of both worlds. So you don't have to ride the attraction if you still want to go and check out the stave church and go to the bakery and just and and go to Accursius for uh food it's all still norway it just happens to have a frozen themed ride within it i just want to know so can I, I still I, buy can i still buy a 700 dollars sweater you know no i don't think so and it's and that was i had said that for a couple of people that i knew who went down there and exited out of it i said does, does there does it still smell like that perfume somewhere there i i, I can't imagine they got that smell yeah. out of there <laughs> my yeah. husband was sulking because you couldn't buy heli hansen anymore oh. <laughs> but i do have a question for you not to derail our conversation but you know do you think that hurts the authenticity of like epcot's world showcase having um you know frozen brought to norway even though it's not an arendelle takeover do you think that hurts what the initial plan was or do do you like that take on it? I, I don't think it hurts it if it's done correctly. Now, I, like I said, I haven't seen this in person. So my take on all of this is, and I I don't want to get derailed all the way either. I'll give you a quick thing on it because I was thinking about this today. I'm for years. I wasn't because I was like that old school Epcot guy. Like I, you know, with it, with anything else, like with, with anything in future world, like I just, I have a disdain for mission space because it took away my favorite ride in the world. And, you know that that'll always be so and, and and same thing with with figment i mean that's you know if anybody could have experienced that ride as it was opening day you, your mind would just be blown on how you were immersed in that whole world of imagination any of those any of the original attractions but anyway for as far as world showcase is concerned they need to bring more attention to it other than just the festivals because that's the only time world showcase has any sort of bodies in it now I'm not complaining. I like when it's empty because it's you can relax and take your time and do what you want to do without fighting through mobs of people. But in their eyes, that's not what they want. They want they want that park. That park is huge. They can fit a lot of people in that park. They figured it out at Magic Kingdom how to get tons of people in there constantly. So I'm fine with with what they're doing as long as it's done right. Because there's certain things like in Disneyland Paris, there's a Ratatouille ride now. There's no reason why they couldn't incorporate something like that in France if it's done right. I don't think it takes away. You can do both if it's done right. You can have the culture and you can have the the familiar faces in there that are going to get people in there to experience the food who would probably never even try any of it or just experience World Showcase. Because they may go in the ride into a ride and come out and be like, 
instead of just running away and okay, we're done. Let's go over and do Nemo or something like that. Oh, maybe let's take let's take the long way around instead of going right back towards Mexico. Let's go the other way and check out some of this other stuff because there's probably still tons of people that come through Epcot that never even bother going to the other side because they're like, ah, that's not interesting. There's nothing over there. Well, no, there's no rides. There's no roller coasters. But there's still tons of stuff to check out and look at and tons of experiences. All those KidCot things for the, the kids to stop at and color Duffy and used to be Perry. My kids love doing that. Got tons of those things all yeah. over my house. And the little experience, you know, the used to be Kim Possible. Now it's uh, Perry. That thing's fun. I've done that. You know, and it gets you involved in, in other things in World Showcase. I mean, you know, every family's different in what they go and do, but. Yeah, except you know, I have a feeling all the kids will be running around there looking for Pokemon now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know anything about any of that. I've, I've, I'm so lost with any of that, whatever that is. But anyway, in a long-winded answer to Crystal's question, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it if it's done the right way. Like, there's no reason why there can't be a big Hero Six something in Japan, or like they were originally going to do a River Rhine cruise in Germany. You know, there's so many German fairy tales that disney has adapted i mean they, snow white's already taken care of they could have some sort of tangled attraction or some sort of you i think know. they're gonna move to that um you know the rumor is that they're gonna have um a new ride coming out in the mexico pavilion that aligns to the a movie that they have coming out in early 2017 so i think we're going to continue to kind of see those those overlays within the countries and it'll help kind of drive that younger kid crowd that maybe you know you didn't bring before because they they wouldn't sit there while you had a beer and had different snacks around the world. Well, I think they really already kind of broke that mold when they did the Three Caballeros with the Grand Fiesta Tour. That's exactly what I was going to say. Remember, Milford. everybody was up and up in a roar because that overlay with the Three Caballeros. Right. I actually like the ride now. <laughs> I liked it before. I missed the song. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of do too. But I mean, it, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot of fun with them in there. And I tell you what, a lot of people didn't know who the three Caballeros were. Uh, I mean, exactly right. You know, in those movies, Saludos Amigos and, Oh, the other one escapes me. The name of it, um, are great movies because it brings us another sort of history and another part of the Disney company back then that people don't know about. Like if you, if you wanted to figure out who the three Caballeros were and where they came from and you watch those films and, you know, Walt sent his top team of imagineer of illustrators and and storybook artists down to South America for oh they were down there for a while to research all that stuff and take that footage and you know that's that's cool stuff and it's all you know history of the company for you know not everybody's into it but you know it's a good backstory if you if you wanted to know that it's not just Donald Duck and two other birds. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask: Is the movie in Norway gone? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. Well, I, I wondered because <laughs> I saw pictures of the same unloading area with a I believe... queue kind of going into that same space. That's why I wondered if it was still there or if it was gone, too. I believe it's reversed from what I heard. I believe you go into the attraction through where the movie used to be and you exit. Where you used uh, to get on? Where you used to go in. I believe that's really? what I heard. Yeah. I Like I said, I haven't physically been on it, but I believe early reports were that were that was the layout of it, what it was hmm. going to be. 
Yeah, that so, would put more people in the building instead of standing outside. So Yes, because that was a bigger area. Because you used to get off in that little fishing village and you had whatever it was, 10 rows of those um, those large benches. That, yeah. you, know, you could fit a d- decent amount of people in there. So yeah. Definitely better than what the entrance queue was terrible. It was you know one loop around and you were always outside. If, yeah. the, if, the, if Maelstrom had a 10-minute wait, you were outside of the building. <laughs> so... All right, so that's that's good. That's that's. And I uh, I know Chris, Crystal had said she had. There's some uh, other. There's some desserts and stuff that had been rolled out alongside of this, and so she's just going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is right in my wheelhouse. Um, desserts. <laughs> it's like beer, coffee, desserts. It all kind of goes in the same flow here. Um, with the with the new area opening um, within Norway, it's really authored you know, that section of the world showcase to open earlier too. So where I think you couldn't get in until maybe 11 or noon into world showcase. Uh, now you can move over there around 9am. So Mexico pavilion, as well as this new bakery within Norway is now serving breakfast. So they have a new menu that you can check out for, um, San angel Inn, which looks pretty delicious. Um, but there's also a few things at the Norway bakery now, um, to appeal a little bit more to, to breakfast. So, the Norway Bakery has been remade into, it's called Kringla Bakery, um, and there's a couple different sandwiches that are available as well as um, breakfast items. So there's like an egg and leek pastry um, in the morning, but really the thing that we all care about is the, the sweet treats. <laughs> so, <laughs> But they're really themed to Frozen, which is pretty cool. So they have this new slogo- snow globe cupcake. It's a chocolate cupcake with white icing on it. And then it has this really cool, um, like stained glass blue, um, sugar icing on the top of it. That looks like glass, almost where Elsa freezes the fountain, um, before she heads out into the, the great white North basically, um, in the movie. And mm-hmm. that's what it looks like is that frozen fountain as part of the decoration on the cupcake. So pretty cool stuff there. Um, and it's all edible as well as Anna's birthday cake cupcake. So it's got a sunflower on the top of it. That's edible with blue frosting and snowflakes on it. And then there's also a frozen mini cupcake series. So there's a little Olaf one with a carrot nose, um, troll decorated cupcake. That's chocolate. looks like it has an Oreo frosting on it with, uh, some little chocolate chip ears and grass growing out of its hair as, uh, again, <laughs> frosting. And then there's uh, a pink cupcake with little um, circle sprinkles on it, and then as well as um, a vanilla cupcake with blue icing and white uh, snowflake sprinkles on it too. So some pretty yummy-looking stuff that they have that aligns with um, the new attraction opening, and it's just sweet stuff that you know I'm looking forward to sampling, but I don't know how you could really go wrong with cupcakes. But they also have this new Fisherman's Tasting Box, which is kind of unique. They start serving it around 1 o'clock, um, it's $10. It's pretty large, but it has, um, like some smoked salmon in it with toast. Um, it looks like some, some different shrimp, cooked shrimp, everything's cold, tomato, celery, um, some ranch and just like a really, some onions, a little yummy treat, um, that's focused on, on some seafood items. That's called the fisherman's tackle box. So that looks good for, for sharing as well. And that's really, I mean, most of that stuff is, I think, pretty standard practice when when Disney opens a new attraction or even has a new movie coming out. Uh, I think the most exciting piece of this is that you now can get breakfast within the World Showcase. Yeah, that's definitely a bonus. Even 
even breakfast around Epcot at all because really the only place was Sunshine Seasons if you wanted any sort of breakfast in Epcot. So that's fantastic. Maybe some espresso while you came in and like a donut or something. But there, it, in Starbucks helped a little bit too when when that opened. Oh, that's right. I um, forgot about that. <laughs> but you know, it really allows you to get into the World Showcase earlier. And if you, you know, want to get out, do the meet and greet with Anna and Elsa, you can. You can get in line early for that five-hour wait. Um, at least have a, <laughs> some snacks. You can carvel load before you get in line. That's right. Because then it'll take you right into lunch after that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so overall, it looks like some pretty yummy stuff. And then um, I know we're kind of going to transition over to Disney Springs and kind of chat about that. So I know there's a pretty cool restaurant that's getting ready to open tomorrow, um, which is Homecoming's re- restaurant. And uh, it's all Southern cooking. I can't remember the name of that chef, though. Do you all recall? Art um, Smith. Talk- Art Smith. Art- so um, it's a lot of fried chicken, Florida flair to it um, with yummy key lime pie. Um, one of my friends went in early for the tasting over the weekend, and she said it's great, great Southern food. Um, but being a local, that's something that you can kind of get everywhere, um, kind of that Cracker Barrel style if anyone's kind of looking for um, a guideline on it. But have you all heard anything about the new Homecoming res- uh, restaurant? I have not other than basically what you said, just what the – I didn't know who the chef was and in, in, until now and – the menu I heard was going to be similar to what you had just mentioned, but other than that, not much else. Yeah. I just Googled him because I didn't know who he was either. And apparently he used to be Oprah Winfrey's personal chef. Oh, there so you go. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Very and interesting. He, he's been a guest chef at the uh, Epcot wine and food festival a few times too. Oh, Okay. And he's been on the Iron Chef, Top Chef, Top Chef Masters. Oh, all right. So he's been around a little bit. Yeah, and he's actually from Florida, so. So that means uh, this he should hit this out of the park then. Says we should be in his wheelhouse. Well, since it's his fifth, <laughs> it's his fifth restaurant, so hopefully he's got all his stuff figured out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, for northerners like myself, uh, it's a special treat for me because we don't get much of that up here unless, yeah. you know, unless we have any transplant transplants from the South up North, which who in the right mind would want to do that. Yeah. We don't get so. much of that. <laughs> right? We don't get much of that in Indiana either. So if you're in the South, there's no reason to come up to the North, especially not nope. in especially not Connecticut. There's nothing here. Uh, but anyway. I tell you, it just breaks my heart. Y'all don't get hush puppies and deviled eggs every day. Well, deviled eggs, I can say I have those often because my wife's stepfather is from Louisiana. Uh. So now that they live up here and with me, if he wants to make some good stuff, he'll, he can make some good stuff. He'll make some nice grits for us and deviled eggs. I, I've never had a deviled egg better than the ones that he makes. So I do I, – I can have it more than just going to like a local Cracker Barrel or something like that. I, I can get some home-cooked good southern stuff if I if I really push them for it. Yeah, I don't mean to downplay what they're doing because they have this really cool like farm-to-table flair to it, which I love that theming. So I, I'm excited to see what they have to offer. Um, just looking at the website, it's you know pimento cheese, deviled eggs, uh, low country shrimp and grits. Uh, pork chop with sawmill gravy. So I think it's pretty legit stuff um, and sounds really amazing. 
Um, so I think that sounds pretty yummy. And that farm to table idea is so popular right now. Yeah. Yes, it, it definitely really is. is. It definitely is. Cool. Well, I'm I'm excited for that, but I am definitely, I think, mostly excited for breakfast in Mexico because mm. that Mexico pavilion is just my favorite. Mexican food is my favorite style of food. So I'm very excited on trying all of that <laughs> in, the, in the same morning. Yes. While I go wait in line for Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can stumble out of Frozen starving and needing many beers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So, yeah, some good – I know uh, Milford had – had some information i guess there's a coca-cola thing that's opening up or coming down to disney springs either they're just they're loading that place up man it's brand heavy down there that's for sure yeah so basically if everybody remembers where the uh, gift shop for planet hollywood was this Mm -hmm. pretty much sits on that piece of property I, I believe that's about where it sits but they build a brand new building it's all glass on the outside and it's it's kind of weird because there's a walkway inside the glass around the brick structure, and it's like a ramp that goes all the way up to this patio on the top of the building. Uh, wow. The patio on the top of the building is covered, and they have a bunch of the uh, freestyle experience Coca-Cola machines up there. Ah. Yeah. So part of the deal is... Uh, the bar serves a multitude of Coca-Cola beverages ranging from world flavors, including Beverly, <laughs> to, to a freestyle experience that gives you five refills in an hour. Uh, there are also mini cans, bottles, Mexican versions of favorite drinks, floats, icy, and even coffee. Wow. Unlike, unlike the Club Cool at Epcot, there are no free samples here. You can purchase <laughs> sampler trays, which include a 16-ounce Flavor International Tray for eight dollars, or eight fifty for a float tray. Wow! And it, yeah, those... it it looks pretty cool. It's all uh, the patio upstairs, all wooden uh, decking. Uh, it looks out over Disney Springs, like over the area where the AMC Theater is and the the balloon uh, flights. Characters in flight, yeah. Characters in flight balloon is so cool. It does not open until August, however. I, oh. just, I just looked at that and found that out. So, mm. so we okay. may be a little premature talking about it, but oh, um, that's all right. It's an exclusive then. But I'm kind of looking forward to it when we get down there in October because I like all things Coca Cola, <laughs> even though I don't drink much of it these days. But I still. The brand and the history and all the stuff around Coca-Cola is kind of cool. So It's supposed to have a gigantic polar bear in it, but I don't know if uh, there was rumors that that was going to happen, and it's an animatronic polar bear, but uh, I'm not finding anything on here about that yet. Right. So. Hmm. Well, nothing that... That'd be pretty cool. Any of that little extra oh, stuff that they add. That's what's coming things. in August is the polar bear. So the place is open. I'm sorry. It is open, but beginning in August, the Coca-Cola store will also be home to a meet and greet with the Coca-Cola polar bear. Oh, that's funny. 
So that should be interesting to see what they do with that. Huh, that is very interesting. So downstairs there's a big shop. They've got all kinds of merchandise. T-shirts, koozies, water bottles, you name it. They have it all. (laughs) And you can get a stuffed polar bear too. Nice. Well, of course. Merchandising. Yep. Well, to me, I'm a Pepsi person, so... (laughs) (laughs) You are a northerner. (laughs) I am. I am. I've never cared for Coke. Cherry Coke is the only thing I liked because they used to sell it at the parks. And I remember as a kid, that was my special treat. I had to drink Cherry Coke from the fountain soda machine. But if I have soda, it's got to be Pepsi. And And being a nostalgic Disney person as I am, I fond memories of the mile long bar that used to be in when you came out of the country bear jamboree which used to be sponsored by frito-lay and they used to have free packages of fritos and you could get pepsi back then because they had pepsi and coke in the parks before coke uh took over entirely so probably dating my dating myself and showing my age all at the same time (laughs) yeah i'm just laughing because i'm from the midwest and i've converted to to coca-cola since we've been down south so (laughs) just made the transition over so yeah yeah i don't drink much soda unless i just happen to want it in my rum so (laughs) mix it with jack daniels that's it yeah exactly because it kills kills the flavor of the coke so (laughs) So I was going to mention one other thing with this. I don't know if anybody caught the article about the new popcorn flavors at Disney World. I did. And uh, it's uh, pretty interesting, including um, Parmesan garlic, sriracha (laughs) kettle corn, which that sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, kettle Kettle corn with red aaliyah. I have no idea what red aaliyah salt is. Mm, me neither. Um, truffle, churro, and this one's my favorite. Maple bacon. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So it's the it's the popcorn that you can buy in the bags in most of the candy shops and at uh, uh, World of Disney and basically anything that sells snacks. So anything, I thought yeah. I'd mention that too. I had a blog thing out about that this week. So. Yep. Also, I believe, I don't know if they rolled it out at the same time, but I think there is popcorn bucket that I believe is refillable, but it's only like a one-day thing. Like you buy the popcorn with the giant popcorn bucket for the full price, which is $10. And anytime you want to refill it, I believe within this, only on the day that you bought it, it's $1.50 to go back and get it filled up again. So. I guess if you're traveling with a bunch of kids there, and that's probably a good deal. That's awesome. Because I know I'm good for, well, not so much when I'm with my children, but I'm good for at least two to three Mickey bars a day and a couple of popcorns, because why not? <laughs> Got to feed your body when you're wa- making all that walking. Yep. Well, I'm a sucker for those uh no, I like the refillable ones because then I can use them for other stuff at home. But I like the themed ones, too. I have a couple of the those big, giant, obnoxious ones that are $18. <laughs> you know, the specialty ones, the Dumbo one and the Minecart one. And there's like a Lotus Flower one that they believe is new. I think – well, that might only be for Shanghai. Or maybe it's in Epcot. I'm not sure. I did see a picture of some Lotus 
lotus flower style popcorn bucket. So you have the R2 one and the Darth Vader one, I assume. I have the R2 one. I have a Christmas Mickey one. I do not have Darth Vader. And I think there's now a BB-8 one as well. uh, There is a BB-8, I believe, yeah. And I have a Halloween Mickey one, the ghost one that they've had out. Oh, yeah. And there was a a Nightmare Before Christmas one that was like Jack's coffin, which I did not get last. It's tough because if I fly, I can't load up. <laughs> but usually yeah. when we drive, when we drive, we can I can load up. <laughs> Otherwise, I got to go to the front desk with, and ask for that big giant box to ship home. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So that's uh, that's some of the new stuff that's happening around the world and our takes on it. So now we're going to go around and each of our troop is going to give some stories about cast members and cast members are, are what make the experience, the experience in Disney world and in Disneyland and, and any of their, their parks and cruise lines. So there's obviously there's the attractions, there's the shows and there's all that stuff that people go down there for. And that stuff is one of a kind and, and loved great part of the, the experience down there. But the cast members that, that are operating the rides that are performing in the shows, even serving you your food or picking up the trash. Any, any of them have such an impact on multiple guests during the day. Sometimes it can be just something simple as handing a sticker to a child or having an interaction with somebody with a button on celebrating any of the numerous things that you can get a button for noticing a little girl dressed as a princess or one of the boys dressed as a pirate or as a prince. And some of those things make your day even more than getting to ride pirates five times in a row or something along those lines. So I know all of us have had some special moments with some cast members. So we're just going to share some of those stories with everybody. So uh, we'll start off with uh, Adrian. Okay, I as I've been thinking about this topic, I realized that I don't have any like one big story to tell, right? Like, you know, something big momentous that everybody like, oh my goodness. But it's the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it really was all of those little tiny moments that that really do make your vacation special. And I was specifically thinking about um, 2012 when we took my daughter for her first trip for her second birthday. And she wore her little celebration button. And I remember thinking, does Disney only pick people with like amazing vision? Because I can remember specifically a janitor, a janitor, that sounds bad, but like a cast member across the street who was, you know, cleaning and looked over and said, happy birthday, Princess Melanie. And I just remember being shocked that even someone that you might consider being doing like a fairly menial job when you look at the grand scheme of all of Disney cast members that even that that person was taking time out of their day to make my daughter's day that much more special. And, and so that was just kind of, kind of what I was thinking about and just all throughout that whole day thinking about all of the different people that, that took their time to again, celebrate her celebration button. And then I also thought about on our last trip, we were going to eat at Starring Rolls in Hollywood Studios. 
And the cast member there who was checking me out was hilarious. And I was so grateful because I was so stressed out. I can't remember where my husband had walked off, but I was, you know, trying to carry like a, a two year old and a four year old and get all of their food and all of my food. And she had asked me a simple question, Mm. like, are you on the dining plan? And I was like, I have no idea what you just said to me. (laughs) And (laughs) because I I just wasn't able to concentrate or think on anything. And she goes, well, are you on an eating plan? Do you enjoy eating? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I really do. And then she must've seen something on my face because she reached down and handed both of my children these giant Mickey Mouse cookies. Um, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning, what else does a kid want in the morning besides a cookie? <laughs> and, um, you know, and then just kind of helped me on my way to go find a table and with the, with the kids and all of that. So I just remember being very grateful to that woman. She was great. I can't remember her name and I feel terrible for that, but, um, but that was, that's what it is to me. It's about those little moments, you know, cause you're in Disney, you're supposed to be happy. You're not supposed to be stressed out, but when you have small children, you're stressed out anyway. And, yes. you know, and she took, and she took the time to kind of like make me laugh and get the, the day started off well. <laughs> <gasps> you know, totally, yep. No, totally agree. I've had those had many of those moments with my children too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jessica, how about you over in Disneyland? Yeah. So my story was probably two years ago. Um, I was going to go to the park with my mom, but she got sick. So I thought, well, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to go. So I ended up going by myself. Um, Bye, mom. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> And it was um, a Tuesday in January, and it was raining, so there was really nobody there. Um, So I decided to go into the tiki room, and, you know, I'm standing in that courtyard waiting to go in, and nobody's coming, and nobody's coming, and I kept thinking, oh, geez, it's closed. But then they opened the doors, and I just walked in, and I sat down, and then they closed the doors behind me, so I was the only person in the room. And the cast member guy comes out and he takes a look around and he just starts laughing. He didn't, and he just kind of looked at me and I said, go ahead. And he did his whole big dramatic ladies and gentlemen. And he launched into his huge speech and he had to keep stopping because both of us were laughing so hard. And then at, at the end of the show, he did his big, thank you. You can exit to these doors. And I gave him a standing ovation and he high fived me and it was just really funny. And, um, his name is Andy, but if I don't know if he still works there or not, but it was just one of those moments that was just kind of so absurd that you couldn't help but laugh. And he and I both, I think, had fun with it. So it, it's something I think very fondly of. Every time I walk by it, I start laughing because I just remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. How about you, Crystal? Yeah, my story is actually similar to Adrian's story. And that is, um, so... I'm with my son and it was just the two of us that decided to take him to the magic kingdom for the day. And it was around six or seven o'clock at night. So toddler getting worn down and he missed his nap. So I was grabbing some food from the Tomorrowland Terrace and spent like $40 on food for just the two of us. (laughs) And I have the stroller. And at this point he's a uncaged animal and he wants to be carried. So I'm walking with the tray, the stroller and him and carrying the food and get everything together. I get him the high chair, all the stuff to the table, the napkins, the ketchup and silverware, and go to pick him up and put him in the high chair. And his foot hits the tray and spills everything all over the floor. Oh, man. 
And I was there by myself with just my son. So I couldn't leave him there. And it was like mini mom meltdown. Like it was like I had dropped to the level of the toddler at the time. So (laughs) one of the custodial staff members who totally unsung heroes, um, he comes over and just sees me in complete distress. And he grabs me and he takes me to the front and orders up a new food for me and my son. And by the time I get back to the table um, and he carried the food back with me, I come back to the table, everything is cleaned up and gone. So somebody else had come in and taken care of all the food that was on the floor and literally gave me the, the entire meal again for free. Um, so I had like a second go at it. So it was just one of those things. I was there alone, completely distressed. And um, this just custodial staff member was so helpful and I was very grateful for uh, his kind heart. So one of the things I highly recommend if you have a great cast member experience, um, you can tweet at WDW today and kind of let them know that experience so that, and then they'll tweet back, um, hey, we'll let that department manager know um, so the cast member gets recognized. Oh, that's a great tip. That's awesome. So I, I tweeted at them and got that. And then I also wanted to mention one other one. And I hate to make it sound like I always have terrible things happen to us at the park. <laughs> but we were at Disneyland and our stroller got stolen while we were there out of Fantasyland. And it had all of our, it was kind of chilly. It was in February. And it had all of our clothes and jackets and uh, my son's baby blanket, um, as well as our camera on the bottom of the stroller when it got stolen. So we had to contact LAPD and um, go through that whole process. But the Disney security was amazingly helpful and so kind to us. And I really just got upset that I lost our camera because it had my son's infant photos on it, as well as all of our family photos from the trip. So I started talking to her about how we didn't have our son's baby blanket anymore and how could they steal his Mickey ears and baby blanket and his jacket. So she wrote us vouchers to go into the store and get a new blanket, a new jacket for my husband, a um, jacket and pants for my son and new Mickey ears. And it was just so kind. I started crying to the Disney security guard. Like I was like hugging them. I was like, you have no idea what this means. So we went and picked out a new blanket. He got a Lion King blanket and now that's what he sleeps with at night. And he had a new set of Mickey ears and new outfit. And my husband got a little half zip jacket. So, um, really made a bad experience about as good as it could get. And, you know, I really felt like Disney was helping us out, even though something terrible had happened. So two, you know, great cast member experiences there for us. That's awesome. And I believe as well as tweeting out, I think they do a thing now where you can go to guest services and there's like a, a star, I forget what they call it. It's some sort of new program I think they're doing for a similar thing, like for cast members who go above and beyond or even just who just gave you a great experience. I believe if you give your, them their name, I think it does the same thing, but it's something you can fill out in the park, I believe. I can't remember what it's called. Something – star is in the name, and I don't remember where I saw it, but fairly recently I saw something along those lines. Um, all right, uh, Milford. So I have two. My first one was in 2001 when my girls were still kind of young and were into princesses. We were at Disney World for the 100 Years of Magic. So, you know, that was the whole big celebration with Walt Disney being 100 years old and and everything. So we're in line at the, not the judge's tent, but the tent where all the princesses were and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all those characters are. And we're standing in line, and this cast member's randomly asking 
trivia questions. So she asked what day Walt Disney was born on. And I'm I'm a trivia buff. So I holler out today, December 5th, because we were actually there on December 5th. And she goes, okay, but what year? It's like, duh, 1901. <laughs> 100 years of magic. So the kids got, because I answered that, the kids got to go through all of the rooms for all of the characters. Wow. Which was really cool in the tent. So they nice. took us from room to room. The funny part was was when the cast member, when we walked out and she said, okay, you're ready to go to the next room, she took us into another room that also had princesses in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my youngest daughter was like, uh, wait a minute. So it was kind of the whole thing with Anna and Elsa being in six rooms. But <laughs> my youngest daughter was really confused, and I think it's at, at that point she figured out, Oh, I get it. They have more than one room so they can get people through. So that was, but the, but the cast member said something to cover it up and I can't remember what she said, but it it was funny. So, uh, the other one is when we're on the cruise, um, and we've actually had this waitress twice. We just had her on our cruise that we just got off of last month. Her name's Maria. And, when we cruised with her a few years ago, my wife just, she comes up with oddball stuff that she wants for dessert. So the first night she said, I just want marshmallows. I just want a bowl of marshmallows. <laughs> By golly, that woman came out of the kitchen with a bowl of marshmallows for my wife. That is fabulous. <laughs> so along with that, the third night, because my wife has a tendency to imbibe a little too much on occasion and she didn't make it to dinner that night maria (laughs) actually took dinner to my wife in the room oh wow took it to the room she didn't have somebody else take it to the room she took it to the room oh that's awesome and it was just that was that was kind of cool so yeah definitely and and i always when people go over over and above like that you know because like on the cruise line you have the the survey at the end of the cruise you fill out. I mean, they don't give me enough room to write the names of all, all the people that helped us on the cruise. So I always put a sheet of paper with it and kind of tape it in there so that they know that there were more people that helped us. So, And, and they actually all appreciate that when we do that. So, Because they anytime they get little comments like that, even on a comment card, they get kudos for that and sometimes get bonuses when it's on the cruise line. So, but that's my two stories. Very good. All right. Well, I'll keep mine to a short minimum so I don't go on forever because there's quite a few (laughs) over the years it's been, but some, most of mine involve the kids. There's a couple that have happened to me and my wife when we've been on our own on, on our honeymoon for the cruise. But I, I enjoy watching the Disneyland well not Disneyland the uh <laughs> the Disney World band Main Street Philharmonic couldn't think of the name anyway so I like to catch them as many times as I can when I'm there I'm a music person I've played drums for 30 years so I like I like hearing the band play especially a marching band cuz I marched in a marching band as well so and my son my oldest son I this was a couple years ago so he was maybe 9 so those of you who have been down there and have seen the band perform enough, they do silly stuff. 
And there's the one guy I believe is the leader of the band. He's a trumpet player. I do not know his name because they don't wear name tags to my knowledge. But he's a, he's a smaller guy like myself who wears glasses, and he usually always has the hat that has the fake arrow going through it. And he's hysterical. He's the one who will pull people out of the audience and so on and so forth. So we saw them at one of their first performances, which is usually up by the flagpole in that area. And he's funny, and I laugh. I'm a, I'm a loud laugher. I love comedy. You know, I'm you can pick me out of any crowd when I'm laughing. It's just always been the way I am. So he kind of responded to me and was hamming it up a little bit, and my son was enjoying it too. So then later on in the day, we saw them over by – where they line up by a hall of presidents near the Liberty bell. And I was standing there and I think I don't know where my wife and my daughter was, but, and it was him and I, so I busted out the video camera and I said, "Ah, I got to, you know, film these guys. So he's doing, he pulls a girl out of the crowd to do whatever skit they were doing for, uh, I forget which song they were playing. And uh, so my son's dancing around and stuff, and, and I'm laughing because this, this guy's just, just cracking me up because they mess with him too. It's kind of like the Dapper Dance. They always mess with that one guy. They hit him with the hats, and they're making fun of him and everything else. So we saw them for – we were coming back through that area again, and they were just finishing a performance, and they were marching – I guess they they go back – like behind Columbia Harbor House and those doors there, that's where they, they'll come out of, I guess, in that area. So they were just getting, and he was, and he happened to catch me and catch my son. And he, he just made eye contact with me and he smiled and he came and he was like, he didn't chase my son, but he was getting out of line and like pretending he was going to blow the trumpet at him and just like messing with him. But it was hysterical. Like my son Rocco thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I was just in stitches. I couldn't get a camera or phone, anything out fast enough to get any snapshots. And it's probably was better off that I didn't. Cause just one of those moments, it was just, you know, I don't know those like that stuff is great. Kind of like, like those little things. It's not, you know, it wasn't anything. I didn't get any material possession out of it, but it was just a cool thing. And the other the other thing that I remember happening at, at Epcot, I was carrying my little guy. I think this was probably 2014, I believe, maybe. We were heading out, walking under Spaceship Earth, and the line wasn't terrible. So I was like, all right, let's – I don't know if it was our last day or if it was our last time. I think it was our last time at Epcot for that trip. So I said, oh, let's let's ride on Spaceship Earth one more time. It's, you know, it's my favorite ride. So the kids – my wife didn't want to go for whatever reason, and I think I had all three of them with me. So we got in the line. Just as we were getting in the line, there was a bunch of other people getting in as well. They were opening up another chain to zigzag it around. So my oldest, who has no patience at all, was like, oh, blah, blah. I was like, I was like, pal, it's only going to be like 15 minutes. It's just, you know, you've been on it before. It moves quick. So the woman who was doing the chain said, oh, she said, why don't you guys follow me? We're going to. I'm going to make the line go up this way. All right, no problem. So we go up and around and she said, and then she put, hooks the chain and sends everybody else a different way and says, follow me, takes us up through this door, which said handicap entrance only, but it was stairs or wasn't like a ramp. So it was like two steps and we were in the ride and we got, and we were right there where you get loaded. Like we walked into where people get off and she loaded us onto the ride and, and was like, here you go, guys. Enjoy your last ride of the day. So she must have heard me as I was walking down that side by the stroller parking there. And I, I have no idea. It was like either there's 
secret microphone somewhere, but she totally heard the whole conversation I was having with my kids and walked us right into the ride. It was just, I, I was like, wow, you know, I'm holding my two year old and got a, a nine and a seven year old in tow with me. I was like, holy moly, this is, this is awesome. So that was, that was very cool. I'll do one more big one, one more cruise one. So my wife and I are on a honeymoon on our cruise. Now, there's no gambling on Disney ships, but we played bingo every day, or I did, because I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, I played bingo, you know, at, at the at the ripe age of 25. <laughs> so we played bingo every day. And on the days at seas, they had two sessions, so I played twice. We had a couple of small jackpots here and there. So those of you who have been on the cruise, you know, the last day they do a big, you know, jackpot never rolls over. It, always, it keeps rolling over every day. Nobody hits the big money. So... Big money thing, the second to last day. It's in the auditorium, you know, full house, 930-something seats on the Disney Magic. This was back in 2002. $4,600 was the pot. So as you do on a cruise, you get to know the same people. And I'll never forget them. His fellow's name was Ray. He was from Australia. And the girl's name was Mary Jo. And she was from Brooklyn or Queens, which is close to where I am in Connecticut, about an hour away. So that was that was cool. So we, you know, they were involved in all the entertainment. So we got to know them as you do with people on a cruise and being honeymooners as well. They kind of give you extra attention. So they were just really cool people. We just, anytime we saw them, they would stop and chit chat with us. We would go to all the things that they were doing, you know, fifties night, eighties night, the games and everything else. So plain bingo. I got two full cards in front of me of 12 things because I'm nuts. And you're sitting in your seats. You're not on a table. You got the things. You're trying to balance everything. Doing good. Filling up the cards. Great. You know, I said, oh, we're doing good. Saying to my wife. They start announcing, hey, who needs two numbers? Who needs who has two numbers? They need to go. So I raised my hand. I needed two numbers on a couple different things. My wife's nudging me. She was like, you better not mess this up. She's like, don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't don't say you have it if you don't have it. I'm like, no. And then they're like, who needs one more number? I'm like, oh, I need one more number because I need one more at this time. Ten numbers they keep calling and not hitting my number, not hitting my number. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, a, you know, somebody's going to win it. This is going on too long. They call my number. It was O sixty. Never forget it. <laughs> so I was like, so I stand up and I yell bingo. She was like, you're, she's like, I will kill you if you do not have it right. So yeah. the two people, Ray and uh, Mary Jo, were doing the bingo. So like, hey, look, it's our honeymooners. And and he they had gotten to know us. And he's like, and I can tell by the look on her face that if he messes this up, he's in a lot of trouble. <sighs> Long story short, I won. The only person that won. So I won the won the pot, won the cash. Wow. International waters, so there's no taxes on it. So they pay out forty six hundred dollars and a hundred dollar bills just in your hand like they would at a casino. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. So that was that was a special that was very special. So they paid <laughs> it out in a hundred dollar bills right there in the room or you had to go to guest no. services? No, right there in the bingo hall. Oh, wow. wow. After everybody cleared out, I was down on stage. I have pictures of it. I'll put them up on the thing. They had to check it. There was somebody else there besides the cast members to check the ticket, check with the numbers that were called, went through the whole official thing, and then the girl who was calling the numbers, um, she was involved. I forget her name, too. Uh, yeah, no, she handed I held my hand out and she counted it while another person counted it and just a hundred dollar bill and got forty six hundred dollar bills. 
I mean, and I don't even think I kept it in the safe that night, I think, <laughs> and for the next day, because we had another day on, you know, the, the last day was Castaway Key. I think I carried it with me, so I was too nervous <laughs> about it, but but just the experience with the cast members was awesome all the way around. And, yeah, so cast members, as we've all, you know, shared with these stories are definitely, I, there's a ton more. I could I could tell a bunch of other ones, too, but we could save that for another thing. It's the cast members definitely shine that extra little bit of light on the magic that happens in in any of the Disney places, whether it be on the cruise and the parks or, you know, in the resorts. I always look forward to when you, you go into the resorts and you get that the cleaning crew that likes to make the the little animals on your bed or set up stuff in, in the in the tub with the washcloths and the soaps and makes <sighs> We've had cast members that my my kids travel heavy with stuffed animals. It's not just let's just bring one friend. And so <laughs> when we drive, it's for my daughter. One friend means, you know, one friend and it's 77 Tsum Tsums that that are friends with it and Beanie Babies. So there's the <laughs> whole clan that comes with us. And I've had cast members that have come and just made these ridiculous like scenes on the bed, like with with the stuffed animals. And I sometimes I have pictures of them. Sometimes I don't. But I'm, you get choked up thinking about it because to me that's the extra stuff that that hits home with me because that puts a personal touch on it like they're taking who knows they could do it to every room on their shift i don't know but the fact that i can show up at my room after a long day and see some wacky design on the bed and and everything all crazy just i don't know it just (laughs) you know it it does it for me I think that's why Disney is so special, right? It comes down to the people and the environment and the, you know, and everything that they've created it to be. And if it's not every single person giving that magic and giving that 150%, then it wouldn't be what it was. And wouldn't we all, we wouldn't all love it like we do. Oh, you're a hundred percent right. And, and going back to stories that, that you girls shared about the janitors or custodial staff, I think it's awesome. I think they still do it where they have them come out and they draw like the characters' faces. Have you guys ever seen that when yes. they draw the characters' faces with the water? I think that's awesome that they draw more attention to those people because Crystal's right. They are the unsung heroes of that place because the place looks like it looks because as soon as a piece of popcorn falls on the ground, they're out there with their little sweepers and their buckets and wandering mm-hmm. around and they're doing what they're doing. And sometimes you see them and sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, I've yeah, always absolutely. I've always wanted to ask where they get where they have those those cool vacuums that they come out with after the parade that they run up and down main street with to suck up all the popcorn and glitter and stickers that have fallen during the thing, because I need that at my house for outside, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, they're, they're great. And even you can go as far as saying is some of the photo pass photographers are pretty, are pretty cool too. And they, they can get into it and they can make some of your, some of your pictures pretty special, whether it's doing those, those magic shots with the kids you know, in different parts of the park or they'll share one more thing with me and then I'll stop <laughs> there. <laughs> I, if you could, some of the pictures and some of you, if anybody follows me out there on social media, know that I have a bunch of tattoos, not heavily tattooed, but I have a decent amount of tattoos and most of them are Disney themed. And I remember it was right after I got, I have a Buzz Lightyear tattoo on my legs. Pretty, pretty big. It goes down from my knee to my, to my ankle, a uh, full-size buzz standing with his hands on his hips. So it was not too long after I got it. My wife and I were down there on a solo trip. So we went to go in line for Buzz and Woody at the studios when they used to meet together 
back in that corner that's closed now. I think it's Lightning McQueen or Phineas and Ferber, the last ones to be there. So we both take the picture with Woody and Buzz. So the photo pass guy, as we're walking away, happens to notice my leg. And he says, wow, he said, that's a, that's a great tattoo. I said, oh, thank you. So then Buzz looks at it and sees it and is like wigging out. Like, I, I don't, you know, obviously they don't talk to you, but he's like putting his hands on his head and he's like stomping his feet. And he's like, wow, you know, doing everything you can tell he's saying. So the fa- photo pass guy's like, Buzz wants a picture with just you and, and, and you know, turn your legs so we can see the tattoo. So I have this fantastic picture. And he, like, got pretty – did, like, a nice little close-up of me standing with my leg turned and Buzz, like, standing with both fingers pointing down at the tattoo. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, for a geek like me, my wife's shaking her head over, you know, on the other side. She's like, you people are just feeding his head. I was like <laughs> – I was like a five-year-old. I was like, oh, you got a special picture with Buzz. My t-. You know, it was like – it's a silly little thing, but for me, it was like the greatest thing in the entire world. I thought it was like the most awesome. And that trip, it happened more than once. We went also to in Epcot with if you have the uh, Disney Visa card, you could you used to be able. I believe they still do it. You used to go and and if you showed your card, you got a special picture with a group of characters. It was usually Mickey, Minnie, and Pluto, or Mickey. Goofy, some combination of Mickey, Pluto, and somebody. So it happened to be Mickey, Goofy, and Pluto when we went. Same trip. So Goofy noticed it this time. And the same thing. They're like wigging out because, you know, and, and Mickey's kind of like standing there. He was put, like folding his arms, stamping, stomping his, like tapping his foot. So I was like, yeah, yours is next. Don't worry. Don't worry. Woody kind of did the same thing over at, at the studios. He was like, you know, kind of where's mine? I was like, yeah, yeah it's, don't worry. It's coming, you know. <laughs> so, but, so it's, it's endless with the amount of cool experiences that that the cast members can do for you. And so with that, I will stop rambling <laughs> and I believe, believe that's going to wrap it up for, for this episode. Ooh, I have so, one more thing to add. Yeah, go ahead. Tomorrow is race registration for the Disney princess marathon. If anyone's or half marathon, 10 K and five K in kids race. So if you're interested, noon registration, and you got to be on there ready to go at noon because this one fills up quickly. So just wanted to get, give you a heads up that that one's coming coming down the pipe tomorrow. Represent now, us well, Crystal. <laughs> I'm going to do the glass slipper challenge, which is the half 10K and 5K. So all of them nice. in one weekend. It's like 19.3 miles, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Now I think you got to be in good shape after the half or the full marathon <laughs> in January. I was like, oh, I could do a half. I think it should be okay. <laughs> Is it online registration only? Yes. So you have to have an active.com um, sign-in. So make sure you guys do that ahead of time because when it hits noon, you got to hit like re- the free- refresh button like you're trying to get into Comic-Con or something. So okay. it's pretty intense. <laughs> okay. No, I know they fill up quick. All right, good. So, yeah, that's that's good information then. Awesome. All right, so very good. So Godspeed with registration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So that's it. So that's going to wrap up this episode. So at the end, uh, like always, we'll go around and let you know how you can get in touch with all of us on social media. So we'll start. We'll start with Crystal. Yeah. Um, reach out to me on Twitter at Disney Brewing. Okay, and Jessica. So my blog is on DuchessOfDisneyland.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. Um, Twitter is Duchess Jessica. And then I'm also now on Instagram at The Duchess of Disneyland. All right. And Milford? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Milford on the Move. On move. 
uh, on Facebook, Milford Hutzel, and on my website, MilfordHutzel.com. Excellent. And Adrian? Okay, my blog is at WDWbound.com. You can find me on Instagram at Facebook at AdrieWDWbound and on Twitter at WDWbound underscore com. Excellent. And before I give mine, I just want to say I encourage everybody, even if it's not your thing, to check out the blogs of our troopers because it's they're short reads. So don't uh, don't have a preconceived notion that it's just long, long, you know, drawn out dissertation about whatever the topic is. They're they're quick reads with tons of great information and just great tips on various aspects around about travel in general and especially in, in Disney stuff and for Jessica's uh, pertains to, to Disneyland, which is great because I don't have any experience in that park. <laughs> so it's awesome for me to always to read her stuff and then they all do a great job and it's all great information, even for whether you're a seasoned veteran or you, or you're going for your first time. Uh, and so me, you can find me, RJ, on the old Twitter at Black Pearl 454 and that goes for Instagram as well. And Facebook, I am at RJ Lucia Jr. And for our missing member, Mel, you can check her out on her new site at DCLPrepSchool.com, which is fantastic, I might add. It's It's her planning site for anything you need to know about the cruise, and it is... Not fully rolled out yet, but it is. There is a lot of information up there, and I've I've gone on it and looked on it, and it's it's wonderful. It's very easy to navigate, and it's a, lots of details on stuff. So you can follow her there, and on the other social media, her Twitter and her Instagram is the same handle at DCL Prep School. You can find the Diz Explorers at our website at dizexplorers.com, and on Facebook at the Diz Explorers and also on Instagram and Twitter at the Diz Explorers. So thanks for listening. For those of you who listen on iTunes, please give us a lovely five-star rating. It helps us out, lets us know how we're doing, and it gets us to the top of those search engines when you're looking for through the many of Disney podcasts that are out there. So thanks again for listening, and we will talk to everybody next week. 